Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. I enjoy being outside, either adventuring or putting my hands to some physical work. God did instruct us to rule and work the land he had given us. In fact, he has given us this whole earth to work within. I think of Genesis 1, 27 and 28. He created us in the image of God. Male and female, he created us. He said, I wanna bless you and I want you to go forward and increase in number. I want you to be fruitful and I want you to rule and subdue the earth. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the living creatures that go among the ground. God has given us a purpose to work and live within the creation he's given unto us. You know what I love about those verses? Is they reveal the Father heart of God. We see God's heart in creation. He created this world and he said he wants us to work within it because he knows we reflect him in all that he has created. We have the image of God in us and that excites me to discover then what he wants me to put my hands to and to work at. But it's very easy for us to misinterpret scripture and apply it to what we think exists. Ecclesiastes 9.6 says, whatever you put your hands to, do it with all your might. I remember a period of my life about 10 years ago when I had transitioned from serving at a church for an extensive period and then I was without a job. And I remember thinking of this verse from Ecclesiastes and I thought, I don't know what I'll do. I'll just work at whatever I put my hands to and work mightily. You know what that got me? It was blisters and calluses. <laughs> it didn't bring me fulfillment because I was just doing what I thought was best. Then I come to Colossians 3, verse 23, and it says, well, whatever you do, work as if serving the Lord, not a human master. And so I thought, that's the answer. I'll just work in everything I finish working with. I'll say, God, that's for you. There you go. But what I ended up doing was just trying to fulfill expectations that even God wasn't placing on me. There is something to discover about work within God's design and his plan. You see, God found a way to work and to rest that brings fulfillment. And I believe that there's something there for us to discover. I'm so thankful in this setting of creation and work that God commanded us, now rest. How many of you might never change up your rhythm or pattern of work if it weren't for this command of God to us to rest? For some, Work becomes so automatic and natural that it's just the thing to keep doing. For others, it's rest that comes easy and work is kind of interfering with our rest. But do we remember that God, after his six days of work, then took a day to rest? If there was purpose and reason for God to slow down and rest, then we need to look at it and say, this needs to be a regular pattern of our lives. It needs to be a rhythm that we work within. I love how rest is not only instructed and commanded, but it's woven within a reality. 
if we don't slow down and rest, we're not going to be able to keep going and going and going. The seven-day cycle, think about it. It was designed to take one day and rest. Think about the 24-hour period. God designed our bodies to stop for a significant number of hours and benefit from sleep and rest. If we don't, there's going to be someone or something that says, I got to tap out. I can't keep going. Maybe some part of our physical body will shut down because it's not getting replenished with rest. Or maybe our mind is going to hurt so much it can't think straight anymore. We're designed by God to not only in our rhythms of work, but find a rhythm of rest. We may have to work to enter rest. The author of Hebrews instructs us to do that. Work to enter the Lord's rest. That might seem like an oxymoron, but what it's getting at is it's a discipline. It needs to be a regular practice of ours is to find rest in the midst of our work schedule as well. God created us with the ability to work and with the need to rest. If we neglect either rhythm, it can be destructive to our entire lives. But if we pay attention to the rhythms of work and rest, then we'll find the fulfillment of life to the full. I want to bring before us Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's Moses' words out of his experience with the Israelites. What he reminds us of here, he says, Be careful to obey every command that the Lord God has given us. And remember the Lord your God, who is the one who provided for you. Moses points out that all through that journey, God was the one who provided for them. Not of their own hands. Food God provided from the sky. Their clothes never wore out. Their feet never blistered or were swollen. God provided and cared for them as they honored him, as they obeyed his commands, as they respected the rhythms that he set in place for them to follow. And he said, if you do this, God will bring you into even greater fulfillment in life. He will provide for you. God provided, Moses said, God provided a land with wheat and barley, with vines and fig trees, with pomegranates, with olive oil and honey, with springs of water and rivers of water. God provided, and he wanted his people to acknowledge him. I believe this context gives us a setting for remembering God and praising him in the midst of our work and in the rhythms of our rest. Because when we do, we will see that it's God who cares for us. We will see the need for rest and trusting in, relying on him. As you continue to read chapter 8, if you don't honor God and acknowledge him in your work and your rest, then everything's going to be stripped away. It's, it's just going to fade away. But God says, remember me and I will continue to care for you. So in your rhythm of work, praise and acknowledge God that he is your source, not your hands, not your mind, but it's God who is our source. And when you rest, rest in the Lord and let him refresh your body, your heart, your soul, your mind, all of you. Why do we need to rest? So we can take time to remember and thank God. Why do we work? Because he's given us the ability and the opportunity to work. And when we find the right rhythm of work and rest, 
then we're going to find life to the full, the fulfillment as God designed it. I challenge you to examine your work and your rest. And as you submit these rhythms, He will make your relationship with Him even stronger. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. I'm back with a couple of friends this morning to talk about some more of our spiritual disciplines or practices, rhythms as the series has gone. And I hope you enjoy uh, these little videos that we've captured with our creative team to just get your thoughts started with the scriptures. Um, some of the editing team, when they saw this one at first, they kind of chuckled at me and said, seriously, you only split two logs? I said, just wait, you'll see all the work I did behind me. <laughs> How do you like my lumberjack skills? <laughs> now, we're thankful for some beautiful properties and spots to be able to bring some creativity to the messages and stimulate our thoughts about work and rest because we do work in our backyards and sometimes we rest there or maybe we can't find the rhythm of either. But let me introduce you to Larissa and Joel. We're actually going to invite you to introduce yourselves a little bit as you you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your rhythms of work, so vocation, workplaces, um, and rest. Maybe a highlight of what vacation has looked like this summer or what you're experiencing. Larissa, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm Larissa, if we haven't met before. Uh, my husband, Brandon, and I have been coming here for a long time, since we were very little. And uh, we have two beautiful children, Emerson and Braylon. Um, and this is a really interesting time in our life for me to be having a conversation with you all about work and rest because we've just made some adjustments. So I spent the last about 15 years working in healthcare. My most recent job was as a pediatric nurse practitioner um, working in uh, pediatric oncology actually at one of the major children's hospitals in this region. And we actually just kind of made a shift. Um, Brandon and I purchased a family business in February and so we've made the shift from nurse practitioner to entrepreneur. And I went from a job that I was really confident in to something I know very little about. Um, but I'm just really proud of Brandon and how he's carried himself. And so we're now working both together in the business. Um, we um, own two mid to high-end men's clothing stores and have lots of exciting things happening. And so it's a busy time. And rest is not often and can be hard for us to kind of find, but we are so fortunate to have had some time away this summer after wrapping up that season of working in healthcare for me. We just went to a family cottage um, where our immediate extended family was and just had a beautiful time of just reflecting on kind of the last season and preparing for the next one. And so the kids loved the beach and all those things. Joel was there. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a great time. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's good. So how many years then were you a nurse practitioner? I've been a nurse practitioner for, oh, math. Include your education Six. in that too then, because you um, had to prepare. Yeah, so I started nursing school in 2006. Okay, yeah. So my first kind of shift in the hospital, I was 18. Mm -hmm. um, I have been in healthcare ever since and mm -hmm. kind of went through the journey of nursing school and working in, in the hospital as a bedside nurse and then did my master's and I kind of did the long way around to become mm -hmm. an NP <laughs> yeah. and a nurse practitioner. For those of you who don't know, um, we're able to kind of diagnose, treat, prescribe, very similar to what a physician can do with just a little bit more limited um, 
you know, pre- prescribing authorities. But yeah. so yeah. we kind of did that, and then yeah, finished okay. finished school right right up before we had some kids, and yeah. Yeah, I wanted you to hear that timeline because <laughs> as the discussion goes forward, think about Larissa's experience and now the journey where God's taken them as a family to be where you're at now. So keep listening for answers. Joel, tell us about your rhythms of work and rest. Yeah, so uh, like Brian said, my name is Joel Nafziger, um, and I've been a Koinonia partner now for coming up on a year. Yeah. And it's been a really, a really great year of uh, growing and serving with you all. Um, I, like Larissa, I'm also in a bit of a transition period, and so my rhythms feel a little bit up in the air. And so I've just come from a season where I was working part-time and was a student part-time, and which is probably no surprise to you all because many of you saw me in the kids' wing for the past year. And so I've transitioned from that season, and now I'm back in a season of being um, a full-time student, and as of next week, a full-time husband. Yeah! And so I imagine that even the rhythm that I'm in right now will not be the rhythm I'm in in three weeks when the honeymoon is over. Very, very wise, very wise. So, so that, and over the past many years, I, my, I feel that my story is a little unique in that I've spent most of my adult life as a student. And in there, I had different jobs to help me pay for school. And um, I studied theology at West um, for, I think this is my eighth year of school now. And um, in there, I've also worked on staff at a couple churches, and one of them being this one. And so I have had to navigate a lot of rhythm changes. And so, yeah, my hope is that you can find some encouragement in that this morning. Mm, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about um, the rhythm of work and rest. Is there either spiritual discipline that you gravitate to more naturally uh, up to this far in your life? that um, has occupied your time, your energy, your thoughts. Marissa, where would you land in that? I would probably land more on the work side of things. Um, I can be very easily consumed by the drive to achieve, um, finish the project, get that schooling done, um, grow and, and you know put a new system together at work. And so I can become very consumed with that. And part of it is my personality, but... Part of it also was the vocation that I chose to go into. You know, with, in nursing, you it doesn't matter kind of the time constraint you're under. There's a job that has to be done, and you do whatever it takes to get that job, mm-hmm. if it, or to get that job done. If a patient is sick, it doesn't matter if my shift is done. I'm staying there until that patient is stabilized, and I can safely kind of pass them off to the next one. And then as a nurse practitioner... It was an added weight, so one of my roles was um, kind of running the inpatient floor, and a lot of our kids were very sick a lot of times, so when I had started that job, it would be like 60-hour work weeks, and I knew that it wasn't something that was sustainable, but when you're in that moment, in that hospital, it's a whole other world. You lose total concept of what's going on outside those doors because you're so focused on that person, that family, that child right in front of you, and that's good. But I think I found the challenge over time was because my personality lended that way, I could easily get lost and consumed and then go home and just have nothing left. Yeah. I'm hearing two things that you've just highlighted. Your personality speaks into these rhythms, right, of whether we gravitate to work or rest or how much to either. But then I also hear you refer to your work 
um, can consume you. It, it can take over. And I know for you, we've had these conversations um, dealing with a family that, whose child has just died. Um, the medical wasn't able to provide the healing for them or anything else. And, and so then you're dealing with that as part of your work. And so I'm interested to see how rest can help you deal with being consumed by work as well. So that's going to come out more, I know. Joel, which do you gravitate towards so far in your life, work or rest? You know, um, I would say that it, it has changed from season to season. So when I started college, um, I would say that probably at that point, rest, or maybe a better word, leisure, would be my, yeah. <laughs> my default. Um, I hadn't fully settled into what college demanded of me, and I was up late and a big fan of those late night McDonald's runs and, you know, all those things. <laughs> so I would say uh, that there has been seasons of my life where leisure was probably where I would default. But I would say as I've gotten older, it's probably shifted. And um, I would say for many years, I was just a workhorse. Mm. Um, and because I was single for quite a long time and... I like just threw myself into the rhythms of my life and the tasks of my life, and I worked really hard. And so I would say probably that last one has been the one that's hung on, although um, as maybe we'll get into with a, a story about my life later, that there was something that happened in my life that really made me have to mm. confront that. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, then, then let me uh, highlight out of Deuteronomy 8, because this might segue into what you're referring to. I mentioned it in the, in the video, a couple of different scriptures, but these are ones you can pick up and do some study on with work and rest. And Deuteronomy chapter 8 really caught my attention as we started to move toward this discussion because it was a, a, a message that's reminding God's people and saying, hey, you, you did some work as you walked through the desert, but really it was God who provided for you. And this chapter, Deuteronomy, was a reminder to the people that it was, it was God who made sure that you had clothing to wear. And it was God who was the one who provided food for you to eat and for your children, your family. And so the reminder of Deuteronomy is don't forget that. And what we read in this chapter is actually some of their journey through the desert was a bit of a test. We read here that it was a test um, over these 40 years to humble and test you in order, order to know what was in your heart. So I wonder if the two of you, have you ever experienced a testing from God like this, that he's trying to get a hold of your attention or, or get a hold of where your heart's rhythm or direction was at? Can either of you speak to that, Joel? Yeah, so, um, so a few years out of Bible college, um, I was on staff at, at a church in British Columbia, and it was a church that I love deeply, and I still love the people that I served there deeply. And um, and there was through just the events of the church at the time, I wound up in a situation where I, every other paid staff member, ended up either out of the continent or on sabbatical, and so I was the only staff member in the office. <laughs> and I was a year and a half into ministry. And so I was, needless to say, I was not prepared. And um, I developed an insomnia problem because I just could not, I would go home physically, but I would never go home mentally. Right. And I would just lay awake 
feeling the weight of all the administrative everything of the church just on my shoulders. And I brought up a water bottle because I feel like what it did for me was I have a cap on this water bottle, but if I didn't and I bumped it, what would happen? It would spill everywhere, right? But why did it spill everywhere? It, is it because there's water in it? Yes. But the even deeper reason is because it's full of water, right? And so and this season of life was a little bit like that to me in that it exposed that I, I had an, like... I had a misunderstanding of how work really fit into my life. And um, I, I came to see that a lot of my approaches to work and what made me unable to lay it down at the end of the day was that my, my way of controlling the outcome of my work was to just keep it in my mind all the time. Mm. And so I, I had to learn that um, picking up my work projects are, a, are an act of trust in God and laying them down at the end of the day are an yeah. act of trust in God. Wow. Yeah. So you're trusting in both sides. Yeah. Well, and you, you trust that because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath and the Lord of everything. You know, there's not a single square inch of the world that God does not say is, that's mine. You know, he, he works when we don't. Mm-hmm. And that is important for us to see. And so you're talking and referencing about ministry. And so in that season when you were the only staff member left, um, yeah, did your to-do list end at the end of the day or the end of the week? Or was there always more you could do, more ministry that could happen, more people you could meet with? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I would say for sure. I think there were points where like the projects that I would be happy mm. with leaving them, but I would say no. Like, there's always there was always this sense of like one more volunteer has called in sick, or you know, there, there's just it pops up, and so I would say like there was always space yeah. to do better yeah. at, at whatever I was doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Larissa, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I feel similarly in relation to work um, and have actually God has humbled me in both places and it's very humbling when God does that you know I think um, schooling and academics is something that was very important in our family growing up and kind of figuring out what you were going to do and I brought that into our marriage I was did you know two degrees essentially while Brandon and I were married and that my priorities were very misaligned and my focus was that everything else had to fit into this thing. I was doing school, so everything else fits around that. Okay, I have my job, I'm settling in, then the next thing, everything else had to fit around that. And as Brandon and I kind of got on in our marriage, things just kept filling up, but the priorities never realigned. And then when we had children, that was really when God humbled me. It was the first time in my life that like my role was to be home and nurture this little one. And what God showed me was that even though the things I were doing were good and I felt that he placed me in the healthcare world for a reason, I had let it become my identity. And so my identity was so misplaced that I had no idea who I was anymore. And that was really the start of this journey that God's been taking me on and that I'm far beyond finished with yet um, of just realizing that it's not what I am doing, but it's who I am as I'm doing that. And so that process has been really healing for me because then it's allowed me to re-engage with work in a healthier way. It's allowed me to put in those boundaries and something that Brandon and I have really worked on is understanding that 
the way, the flow of how things should go. My relationship with God is the most important thing. And then it's my relationship with Brandon. Mm -hmm. And then it's our family. Mm -hmm. And then it's work in ministry. Mm -hmm. And when we have that flow, then God can bless it. Mm -hmm. There's way too many years in my life where it was work and school. Mm -hmm. And then maybe God and family kind of. Really, and I mean, I love God with all my heart. I love my husband, I love my kids, but it was that humbling moment of, God, oh, I've gotten this wrong. Please forgive me. Help me see and have that space to bring you in to what I'm doing and have that communion. Um, And so that's been a journey that I think, you know, I still mess that up, (laughs) but I feel in a much healthier place now in my relationship with my job or with whatever I'm doing because we have those priorities and we understand just the importance of our relationship with God. And then when you are in a marriage, that that marriage is the foundation. And your family and that home and the importance of protecting that really at all costs because out of that, then the healthy work can flow. And out of that, the healthy rest can flow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you both already for being so transparent. Um, like they're telling you their real stuff, their laundry, they're airing it in front of you. These are the kind of leaders we have in kids ministry and worship, right? As we walk together. Yeah. Thank God for them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to the transparency because um, the day after I shot that video, I, my body crashed and I was sick. <laughs> I didn't allow enough rest in that season leading up to that recording. I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but I was battling a head cold in that time. Um, and I was physically distanced from the, the videographer, Judah. But, uh, but that next day, I couldn't go to, to work. Um, I literally said in the video, if you don't include rest in your rhythms, eventually your body will shut down. <laughs> I'm, I'm transparent before you. And it wasn't that I was trying to avoid God or avoid rest, but there was a lot of staff transitions that were happening, heavy conversations, and and my schedule was full, and we were shooting that at the end of the day. I think it was a three-hour shoot. It's trying to get it all put in there, and I just didn't allow enough time for rest, and so sometimes then eventually parts of us can shut down, and you reference, Larissa, yeah, the concern of what if our marriage shuts down because we haven't done healthy rhythms and rest. What if we go sidelined on our education or vocational track that God's leading us in? And so we need to be attentive to listening to God leading us in our rhythms. Let me ask this question. Um, Joel, you're in your later 20s, Larissa, early 30s. Um, I'm in my early 50s. So different generations. What have the two of you noticed from older generations, mine or older than me, about rhythms that you've said, hey, that's really helpful, or, ooh, that's unhealthy. Uh, What have you observed so far in your lives about our generations of rhythms that you're responding to to apply in your own life? Um, I was fortunate to have an incredible role model, and my parents worked very hard, and aunts and uncles worked very hard, and so that, I think, was a positive. It instilled in me a good work ethic um, to be able to put your hand to something, you know, and serve others through your work. That was something I always saw my dad do. Like, it was more than a job to him. It was his ministry that he did. And so that was something that 
he modeled very strongly for all of us growing up. I think there were definitely seasons where, looking back, I could see that balance was maybe too much to work and too little to rest. Um, but it's incredible because he essentially modeled for me what Brandon and I have decided for our family. You know, he was in a job that he loved, was incredible at, and it just got to this, the unbalance of work and rest and, you know, being sick when we were on vacation and things like that. And so he made the decision that to others, it might seem crazy, but he knew God was calling him into a new season of taking a step back, taking a decrease in, in pay and kind of resetting. And I've just watched how the Lord has blessed him in that. And so I, when we were having this, this decision about, okay, when do I step out of the hospital to kind of, kind of come and help build the family business, many people don't understand that decision. And it was actually my dad who said, you know, I understand that your workplace does not understand, does not, may not acknowledge this choice. And it was a really cool kind of full circle moment for yeah. him and I because I've watched him just be so dedicated to his vocation and just serve so many people so well in this community. But also he was able to speak to the lessons and lead by example, mm. you know, when maybe that balance wasn't healthy and then he yeah. readjusted. And I've watched that throughout my life. Mm. Um, and that was really empowering to me when I found myself in that situation where my balance wasn't healthy. It mm. helped me have the faith to kind of step into that as well. Yeah. Joel, what have you observed? <laughs> yeah. And I, I would say like, if we, you know, if we look back the last hundred years um, in North American history, you know, there's, uh, it's been a pretty unpredictable hundred years in terms of, you know, we've seen two world wars and we've seen a depression and those things. And I, I think coming out of those things, um, if we look at generations like baby boomers and, and kind of their descendants, um, you see this really strong work ethic. And I think they, uh, they came by it quite honestly because, you know, life is unpredictable and sometimes it's actually really unpredictably challenging. And so if I'm going to like keep keep ahead, I have to work really hard. And I think one side of that that's really positive is, is, you know, people like myself that are descendants of these generations grow up with a really strong sense of work ethic. That, you know, there is something really beautiful about putting your hands to something and staying with it until it's done and really enjoying the rewards of your labor. And that's all very good. And, and, it, and it reflects the, the heart and the character of God. And so I was very blessed to, like, grow up in that and also in, in kind of the Mennonite heritage that I came from as well, to see that firsthand. And just always having a sense of like, you can be out till 2 a.m., but you still have to be in the barn, you know? Like there's like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, that's really, really helpful. And I'm so thankful for that. And I, I think maybe the flip side of it, similar to what Larissa has illuminated is that sometimes there can be this um, almost implicit law that it is more sacred to work than to rest. Mm. That you are, like to put it crudely, you are holier when you are working than yeah. when you are resting. And no one would say this. Like <laughs> if you would say it, they'd be like, that's, that's not true. But yeah. sometimes we implicitly live this because we have just grown to see um, hard work, like laziness. 
I would say laziness is the greatest enemy of the generations before us and in the sense of they try to avoid it. And, and the flip side of that is sometimes we, you know, we think it's better to burn out than to um, you know, calm down, and, and yeah. that can have negative effects too. Wow, you highlight so many things in there. Um, I think it, you talked about the boomer generation. And yeah, I grew up watching the boomer generation. And my dad, literally, his verse was Colossians 3.23. He said, uh, I, I'm going to give thanks to God. And the way I'm going to do it to show that I'm thankful that God has given me a job is I'm going to work really hard. And, and he almost burned out when he was 40. He had to actually take a year off of work. The doctor said, either take a year off or you're not going to live any longer. And, and so I had that as an example. So the pendulum swing could easily be to go to the other end of the couch and to say, oh, I'm not going to, because sometimes um, millennials or, or Generation Z gets accused of being lazy and not getting to work quick enough. Um, we are a generational church. And it's so cool that there's all these generations here that we can learn from each other. So we can look at the generations that have worked themselves to death at times and say, hey, um, is that the healthiest way to do it? And may those generations be healthy enough to say, hey, what are you, what are you seeing in me that's not healthy? And we can learn from each other. Um, I'm mindful of a verse that I didn't even put in the teaching, and it's Jesus' words in Matthew that says, whenever you are weary or burdened, come to me, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. And so those words of weary and burden actually have to do with being weighed down and workload and even to the point of burnout or stress. But Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. And, and so that's a prayer I try to keep before me often in the rhythm of finding work and rest balance. What are the two of you? It could be that verse or something else. What are the two of you found that is helpful to help you walk healthy in a work-rest balance? What have you practiced? I think, um, you know, I had an hour commute to the hospital. Yeah. And so something for me was just really using that time intentionally to do some of the practices that we've already been talking about in this series, you know, prayer, meditation, kind of those things, and just invite the Holy Spirit into whatever season. Because I think we have to acknowledge that there are seasons of life where you need to work, and you need to work hard for whatever reason, whatever your family's going through, and that's okay. And there are seasons where you might be called to more rest. And I think something that Brandon and I have found helpful is just being accountable to each other and just um, making sure that we know what season is this. And is this still a season or has this become a habit and a pattern? Mm, yeah. And so I would use those drives on the hospital because when I went back to work, I wanted to be home with the kids more. And it wasn't an option at that time. And the Holy Spirit knew my heart and was just inviting him into that moment saying, I don't understand why I seem to be still in this waiting season of having to work more than what fits our family balance. But would you just come in and help me? And when I had that revelation that he's with us in each moment. Even when our season doesn't seem to align in the right balance, he's right there to help see us through. He never leaves us. He yeah. never forsakes us. Yeah. He truly is our friend. And that has been my biggest testimony through the last year was that I truly experienced the Holy Spirit as a friend. Mm. You know, when no one else would understand the things yeah. are going on at the hospital or the things that are going on at home, it was... He was my friend speaking into those moments. Yeah. And then that brings 
the rest. Even though this, I wasn't able to actually physically sleep or whatnot, it's that spiritual rest that comes by being in his presence. Mm. I'm just so thankful for that time. Yeah. And as you hear leaders speaking in the discussion time this morning and any in the previous weeks, feel free to follow them up in the foyer or later on in chat because you just heard Larissa talk about her commute to work. Anyone have an hour's commute to work or 15 minutes or whatever it is? And I remember you in your season of work, work, work before some of this revelation came. And if she wasn't working on hospital stuff, she'd be calling in and talking with me about how can we plan this for worship and what about this? And, and I'm like, girl, you're always on the go. And I watched this revelation and change happen when I'm no longer hearing from Larissa on her commute to work. And I know what she's doing. She's spending time with the Father and with the Holy Spirit and the Word and listening and soaking. So I watched that transition happen as well. So talk to her more about that. Joel, what, what have you found as healthy rhythms? Yeah, so um, thinking in terms of like practices, um, one practice that I've found really helpful, um, I think of it as the spiritual practice of scheduling, which may not sound like that, all that spiritual of practice, but um, I have come to see that one of the best ways you can devote your whole life to Jesus is to schedule in a well-rounded way. And so for, for myself, this kind of, I had like two really important shifts that happened in my mind in, in the middle of my college education where my, first of all, my understanding of what worship was expanded. So I kind of stopped thinking about worship as just what happened between 10 and 11 on a Sunday morning and it expanded out to be all of my life. So that was the, the first big shift. And the second, very similarly, is I started to see that I um, fell prey to what some people refer to as the sacred-secular divide, which is another way of saying, you know, we think of our lives that there are these things that we do that are about God, and they're inherently about God, and these are the spiritual sections of my life. You know, you might put in there morning devotions, you might like family devotions, you might put church services, you might put serving in kids' ministry, these are the spiritual things. And then there's this other box that I live in called the secular box. And that's the that's this thing I just do out of necessity. That's where my work is. That's where mm. doing the garden work is. And, and I just realized that I basically thought this way, where I thought of devotion to Jesus in terms of the hour, half hour, or whatever I spent in the morning and then before bed, or and realized that actually my whole life is caught up in this invitation to be devoted to Jesus. Mm. And so I started looking at my weekly schedule. <clears throat> Pardon me. I started looking at my... Oh, I'm getting a... I to drink water. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you take that drink, I'm hearing you talk about the sacred and, the, and the, the secular and learning that, no, it doesn't have to be a divide, that the Holy Spirit can lead us through both, which is what I heard you, Larissa, saying as God was teaching you as you walk the rhythms at the hospital as well. That's an interesting... Go further on that if you... Sorry, I just... My mouth immediately... That's okay. ...got dry. Um, so um, I started looking at my whole schedule with this in mind of... It's, you know... And I started realizing, you know, I... I as a student, especially in your latter years, there's always more you can read and more you can write... And there's always more editing you can do. And if you stayed with your paper until it was done, you would never sleep. <laughs> and so I started realizing I need to actually have cutoff times. And wherever I am, even if I'm in the middle of a paragraph, 
I'm done. Like, this is what having a rhythm looks looks like. So I would build, at the beginning of the week, I would build my schedule for the week, and I would look at every piece as a way to uniquely reflect the character of God and to uniquely worship him. And I would, um, and what I would do is I would discipline myself that when I would move from one time block to another, I would be all in with that time block. And then that divide would come, and I would go all into the next time block. So when I was resting, I was really resting. Mm-hmm. Now, this became harder to maintain when I wasn't a student and couldn't completely make my own schedule anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would say that that has been a practice that has been really important to me. That's good. And schedules, I know you and Brandon do schedules too, right? Of, because you have two young kids and how do, what do we do on what nights of the week? And that's helped as well. Um, I, at the end of the video, I, I said, I want to challenge you about your rhythms of work and rest. And I sincerely want to do that with this discussion and with us in this series, is to call you to look into and bring before God, would you be that bold and that gutsy to say, God, here's my work and here's my rhythm of rest. Father, what do you have to say about this? Because I want to do it in synchronization. I want to do it healthy. I don't want to do it compartmentally. I want to do it in your rhythm and practice by your spirit. And so that's kind of my challenge to us as a church as we walk this out. Because I believe in analyzing it, it will lead us to a stronger relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because we're going to be hearing his voice say, hey, this is what I'm already working. Come and join me in it. Or here's where I'm resting. Come and take some time and rest with me. And I do believe these getting analyzing these rhythms will lead us to a stronger relationship with God. Is there anything else the two of you would like to highlight this morning in these in these uh, topics of discussion? I think you know we've talked a lot about work, but something that the Holy Spirit was showing me about rest is that I was kind of using rest as a time to just mentally check out mm-hmm. because things were so full and so busy, and even Brandon will attest to that. It's just like I'll sit and I mean I love watching Netflix. I've got some great shows, but it's like learning to understand how I'm resting. Mm. Am I resting to check out because life has gotten so full that I can't actually process? Or is the way that I'm resting actually going to build me and um, make me more healthy? It's okay to watch Netflix. It's okay to do all of those things. But when we're doing that as an escape from the craziness of life, that's not healthy either. And so it's also inviting the Holy Spirit into how do you want me to rest? So sometimes resting is literally... I'm going to wash the dishes. I'm going to make sure the house is organized. Well, Brandon does the dishes, to be totally transparent, because I cook. So, But that's something that Brandon has really said, is like, we need to keep this house in order, because that's going to help both of our stress, so that True. if we have two hours, let's not, you know, watch shows for two hours, although I would choose that every time. It's like, what can we do to just straighten some things out, so that when we rest, it's healthy rest. And yeah. I have, again, not figured that out totally, but... I would say that was another area that the Holy Spirit has humbled me, is that I had been using rest as a time to just check out of my life and just kind of turn my mind off and I don't have to deal with it, instead of taking time to process and really kind of do what was more healthy, go to bed an hour early instead of, you know, that extra show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep, yeah. Joel? Yeah, so as I was, like, praying and reflecting this morning on what I hope comes across from what I share and what we share. And I was thinking about it and I was 
meditating on how for us this, um, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know why my mouth is just so dry. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Lord, we know you have something to share through Joel. Yeah. Streams of living water. Naturally and spiritually. <laughs> this is like, I'm not a, usually a very nervic, nervous public speaker, but this is where it shows up sometimes. Um, Sorry. So when I was, as I was meditating on this morning, I was thinking about how the bottom line of this is that we would like, we want God to make us free people. Mm-hmm. Where we are neither slaves to leisure, leisure yeah. nor slaves to toil but that we are set free to gather up all aspects of our life in devotion to Jesus. Yeah. And, and we know what it's like. Like, I mean, how many of you have felt um, where, you know, you just, <laughs> you feel like you're a slave to the next episode button on Netflix? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you feel like you're a slave to like, I can't put this down. Like we use the word perfectionism a lot. But I think one of the reasons we use it a lot is because it's really hard for all of us. Um, but thinking about, like, those are two kinds of, of slavery, mm-hmm. you know, where we just, we can't step out of leisure or we can't step out of toil. Mm-hmm. But Jesus wants to set us free so that we aren't dragged around by these different aspects of our life. Yeah. But that we gather them up into a life and we weave them together into a tapestry of worship to Jesus. Yeah. I think... Um, the word that Dot shared, like, this morning was just so inviting because I find that's a way to know when maybe our balance is off, when we're moving so fast, we don't have the space in our life to actually hear the Holy Spirit. So as I was reflecting on kind of, it was very similar to you on what we get out of today. It's like whatever we're doing in work or in rest and whatever season you find yourself in, just invite the Holy Spirit into that so that you have the space to hear That's good. from him. Yeah. And it can be really hard to be in those wilderness seasons where you know God's called you to this one thing or he's given you this dream and you're not quite there yet. But just invite the Holy Spirit right into those moments because those are the moments where, you know, he can use them to grow you and to teach you the lessons. And then when you do finally arrive, which also we never arrive, is the other light bulb moment. (laughs) It's always the journey, right? Yeah. Um, That's been a really big light bulb moment for me. Mm. Do I have the space in either thing to hear from the Holy Spirit? Mm. Yes? Okay, I think my rhythm is good. Mm. No? Okay, let's readjust. Yeah, yep. And it brings us back to Deuteronomy 8. Don't forget the Lord your God, because he's with you. You're not alone, and he's going to lead you through. These friends of ours who are speaking in our discussion times um, on Sundays are passionate for us as a church body to walk out these rhythms and and to walk with God. And I don't believe even, um, I do believe that what the enemy could be doing is even hindering Joel's voice. You know he's got more to say. Um, He's a master in, he's doing his master's in theological studies. And so he's he's passionate about getting into the word and bringing it forward. And so when you're ready, I'm going to ask the two of you, would you pray over us as a church body? Because I know you have more to say, and, and we've got clocks and timers and all those things. 
but we want to walk in God's rhythm. And so I'm just going to invite you to, to pray out. And Joel, if you're good for that, when you get there, don't feel pressured. But would you just pray over us as a church body? Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly Father, blessed Jesus, precious Holy Spirit. Uh, we thank you that you have made us in your image, uh, that you have designed the world that we live in to be a world of rhythm. And you put that in place even when you put the world together in six days and it's been turning on the same rhythm since. And mm-hmm. We thank you that you acted in rhythm to show us how to live in rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I pray for everyone here this morning. I pray that um, just even as we're wrapping up, um, your Holy Spirit would settle on people's minds and hearts in here and show them how they can be freer in you to gather up their lives in devotion to Jesus. And if there are people that just feel that they are a slave to going so fast, I pray that it would settle in their minds and in their hearts that you, you can be trusted with our projects, that mm-hmm. even when we let, need to let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I pray that there are, pe- there are people that don't see the value of good hard work in terms of uh, the unction to, to put that into practice. I pray that they'd be stirred up to see that there is meaning, there is purpose, there is really good reward in hard work. And I pray you would um, carry us into this next fall season mm-hmm. with an understanding of what this morning asks of us uniquely. Mm-hmm. And we ask that you be with us every step of the way in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you for the unique opportunity we have to be here and have this conversation. And Lord, I just pray for each and every one here and who's tuning in online. In whatever season of life they find themselves in, Lord, may each of us remember that first and foremost, we are your children. Yeah. And that is where our identity comes from. And then out of that, may the overflow of that revelation trickle into everything we set our hands to do, whether it's during seasons of rest, whether it's at home watching kids running a household, whether that's driving or commuting on the 401 or on the train, and whether that's working in the marketplace or in the schools or in ministry, you have destined each and every one of us to have our own unique effect and influence on the world, far beyond the task that we do, but because of who you are through us. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you this morning. Would you show us what season of life we are in? And would you show us where we might need to adjust? And Lord, would you make your presence known each and every moment of every day as we walk through the season of rejoicing in finally getting that rhythm or walking through the season of wilderness or struggle or busyness, would your Holy Spirit just refresh us each and every moment and may we never forget to make room for you in everything that we set our hand to do and every conversation we have. It really is all just to honor you, Father. Yeah. We thank you this morning. We just pray a blessing on everyone as they leave this place and influence the world around them. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Would you give thanks for these two? Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, so good. 
Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.